Yo, what's up, you guys? It's your boy, Walter Doom, back for another episode of Let's Talk About Horror, the horror podcast where we talk about any and everything related to the genre. And I am back. I got my special guest with me. You know, she's been on here many times. I think this is the first time we're actually doing a podcast together, you know? So, yeah. So she came to me, talked about this movie called Antebellum that you guys could check out. Um, if you guys got Amazon Prime, definitely check it out. <laughs> but you probably want to hear what we got to say first before you check it out. <laughs> you might want to see it, but you might not want to see it after this. <laughs> but yeah, let me go ahead. Um, you guys can follow her on Instagram, Twitter. She is at Megan's World. So let's go ahead and welcome, well, Megan's World to the show. Hey, everyone. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always a pleasure. And there's going to be a lot of spoilers ahead. So probably watch it, yeah. but also watch it with caution. <laughs> so, you know, watch it real quick and then come back and check this out. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you guys are one of those people that are like, man, I don't like spoilers, you know, uh, definitely watch it first. <laughs> because we're about to drop a lot of gems right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I... I myself, I started watching Antebellum because it was like Black Friday and they had it on sale on Prime for like $3.99. And I was like, I gotta watch this movie. Because I know you told me before, Megan, like, oh, you gotta watch Antebellum when it first came out. And, you know, I was kind of weary because I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna get out of this movie right now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, at the time it was like twenty dollars, and I was like twenty dollars. No, no fail. <laughs> twenty dollars for a three-day rental, and I did it because I was just like, "Hey, there needs to be more like, you know, black films. We need to, you know, support them as much as we can." Because honestly, I wasn't sure how successful this is going to be, especially with the pandemic. So it's like, "Hey, why not?" I'm willing to drop twenty dollars for a three-day rental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were better than I was. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, I think I'm glad I didn't spend $20 on this rental. Not gonna lie, I was actually pretty excited for the film too, so that's why I wanted to <laughs> I was excited for the film also. I really did want to see this movie when it was coming out in theaters. I was set to, like, possibly go see it if, like, you know, things were, were to get better or what have you. But, um, yeah, things didn't really get better. And when I heard about this movie, I was like, oh, well, I guess this movie is getting pushed back. Because initially, this movie was going to get pushed back to next year. Mm -hmm. But instead, Lionsgate, they decided to release this film. I'm not surprised that they did this now. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I know I'm kind of, like, talking, like, in circles for some people. They're like... For those that didn't see it, let's let's talk about like what this movie is about. So basically, if you guys haven't seen Antebellum, basically it stars Janelle Monet, and I mean there's a bunch of other people that are in it that I really don't know their name. Honestly, I have never seen their movies before. But it stars Janelle Monet. Um Gabrielle Sim Simbe is in there also, but she has like a minor role. So if you guys are a fan of her, she's in the film too. Um, but the film is mainly focused on Janelle Monet, and she plays this character named Veronica, 
who's this black educated writer and i guess i, I want i don't want to say she's like a political figure but she's just more of like a I want to say like, like kind of like a social commentary person. Yeah, yeah, she's more of that. And what ends up happening is that the character. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys seen the trailer before, but for me, I'm gonna tell you right now. For me, when I saw the trailer, I thought it was gonna be some Back to the Future type shit going on, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And just from like the little teaser trailer with like the little creepy girl in the elevator with her. I was just thinking, like, damn, is this going to be, like, some motherfuckers coming from the past and all that? Like, you know, she got to confront these motherfuckers or whatever. I mean, it's supposed to be a horror film, but it has so much sci-fi. I feel like it's about to be happening. (laughs) Unfortunately, you guys know it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought, too, a sci-fi horror film. Um they definitely kind of like okay people from the past or come to the present that type of thing or maybe like ghosts i was thinking like that more paranormal type of shit but then what scene always uh because i went to see this when um well i didn't go to see this but i saw the trailer when i went to see us and then there is that shot of like the airplane going over the plantation Mm-hmm. Um, and all the enslaved people looking up and I was like okay now that confuses me so I was like it must <laughs> not be about that <laughs> yeah let's just say um the trailer if you guys seen it it pretty much gives away the film and you have to think about it as simple as possible like and here's where the spoiler comes in she is not time traveling at all but she is stuck on a plantation of and a reenactment plantation at at that and basically she's being held captive by some really racist people that are basically full-fledged reenacting all of the southern slavery bullshit (laughs) basically yeah but it's also like a um it's framed as a silver war reenactment thing you know uh, what what is it called it's like antebellum's premier civil war reenactment place yeah. or whatever the heck yeah so that that's messed up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah here's the thing i know when this movie came out it's literally during the time of like everything that was happening like the george floyd situation um, Black-owned businesses were being heavily promoted until like the month afterwards, when it was where it wasn't a trend anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like this movie does speak a lot about what's going on for what's happening to t- to today. You know, well, that's happening till this day, I should say. And I feel like like its most importance, I feel like it has is just like its ideology on how the past is never really gone like Mm. like the ghost of the past still lives within it within today because we're not confronting it or trying to discuss or or even like trying to heal from it so i don't know what your um take on the movie was for yourself uh-huh. I think it was that, um, definitely that. It was just more of like, there's that quote in the beginning, I forgot to write it down, but it's just basically saying like, 
I, mean, I think this is what is uh, the past is never the proud the past in fact it's like the present or something like that yeah and yeah the past never ends or it never ends or something like that something like that but um yeah so that that is really true and i think that was kind of the overall plot and then you see throughout the script and or throughout the movie rather that they always mention about time and things like that so um it's just mostly talking about that and then like um there's this one uh there's this one line where janelle monet's character veronica says like um her grandmother or someone said that um our ancestors uh communicate with us through our dreams and that's why i was kind of thinking oh okay is this a dream sequence or is like you know veronica actually her ancestors that looks identical to her because i've seen some movies that do that that type of mm -hmm. thing like that but um I, so i thought that was really prevalent and i think that was kind of the overall theme mixed in with all these other themes going into the plot yeah um well, the overall theme of the film was supposed to be about how the past is never really gone. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a viewer watching this for the first time, which I was, you know, a couple of days ago, or actually last week, um, I was like really confused as hell to like what was about to happen because this yeah. movie is so cluttered with a lot of concept that they're trying to say in the film um what were some of the concepts that you were getting from it that they were just cluttering up that we're that we're just gonna declutter right now you know for for people that are listening yeah um one of the first things i got from my first viewing was it brings the realities of slavery to the forefront um Whereas it's kind of like, we've seen a lot of movies about slavery and it's, you know, of course there's a lot of terrifying scenes. The the ones I think about the most is, um, you know, 12 Years a Slave, that type of thing. And you kind of get that 12 Years a Slave plot, you know, someone who, you know, was, was tricked into slavery. And that was, I believe that was, you know, something that really happened, you know, the, the 12 Years a Slave movie, but it brings <laughs> it into mo a modern time, like literally and um it's just kind of like okay this stuff could happen and another theme that i caught from this was that idea of just like this could still very much happen um one of the things i was also thinking about was that a whole idea of you know people saying oh well i'm not my ancestors we're not our ancestors and of course this is very insulting because yes we are our uh we are our ancestors because they were living full-fledged lives before they were enslaved you know whether it be like from their lives in africa or wherever to their life being captured you know from freedom and having to go down to the south or just even being born into slavery and then trying to escape from it or trying to simply survive yeah. um and then you know that could but that could also be said for you know the white folks saying well i'm not my ancestors but at the same time there could still be the ideology and people just don't necessarily change because of the times there's still that same mindset there's still people that want to do those type of things it just happens in a different time period yeah yeah and i want to go back to what you were saying about like 
um, the concept of slavery. Yeah, it really does talk about the concept, especially when we see like Janelle Monae's character literally getting kidnapped, being taken into the plantation. They literally strip her of like all her clothes that she had before, like her worldly clothes, and literally put her in like all these rags that they had like in the plantation. And then like they changed her name to something else. Like, you know, she no longer could claim her name, claim her memories of where she was before. And just like the world that she used to live. Like she had she was literally forced into living this world where all she had to do was please these people, these slave owners, majority of the time. And this movie really does kind of like give you the ideology of what slavery used to look like without actually Mm -hmm. going into too much of the gruesome parts, which I feel like they left out some gruesome stuff. They did, but they also showed a lot of gruesome parts too. Like um, one thing that I haven't seen in movies that, well, these movies that I've seen about regarding slavery is that how they were treated like cattle like yeah, that I have yeah. never I have never seen that um cinematically so like in the intro where um you know the guy is trying to escape with his girlfriend or partner or whatever and mm-hmm. he's like literally chained up like a bull or something you know like like a cow yeah. or whatever you know with the bells and stuff I've never seen that on film and then how you know they're tying her up with the rope and stuff like that you always you, you always see them being like whipped or branded or something like that but you never actually see you know and then like the way that um you know the folks are like looking at them and just kind of like analyzing them like touching their hair and stuff like that and just like you know um just kind of like oh you know she has pretty hair and looking at her facial features and stuff like that like you know like they're animal um I've never seen that in a film before so I'm glad that at least was shown because that was something that happened because you know um enslaved people were uh seen as property they were seen as cattle that's you know yeah that's what it was um I don't know if you ever seen the movie Roots or Amistad I I've, I've it's been a year since I've since I've seen those movies though okay yeah admittedly <laughs> <laughs> admittedly it's been years yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I I remember because I used to well I had a class when I was in middle school and my teacher actually showed us roots and we saw a lot of roots mm-hmm. and, oh yeah I've, I've seen roots before yeah it's just been a while but yeah I've seen roots and I yeah it's been like since i was pretty young since amistad yeah 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 (laughs) so when i remember when i used to watch roots it was like it was gruesome it was definitely gruesome for like something that was i guess supposedly like a mini tv series or what have you so i was like man that's some fucked up shit (laughs) you know because i had no like this was probably like my first introduction to knowing about slavery in general like I didn't even know about it as a kid mm-hmm. like you know I never because I when I was a kid I went to like um I went to a Catholic school and they didn't teach us any of that you know oh wow yeah so you know that that was a totally different world right there and then when I did go to public school I mean I was I was in the fifth grade 
you know, at a public school and they didn't really tell, tell us about anything about slavery or anything like that. You know, mm -hmm. the most I remember from, from fifth grade was the D.A.R.E. programs, you know, telling us to not do drugs and do <laughs> drinks and alcohol and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I'm glad to see that D.A.R.E. program really did help this, you know, <laughs> climb it out. Cause, yeah, people are really not doing drugs and alcohol, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, for, for Antebellum, I'm glad that they were able to, like, put out there some of the concepts of, like, the whole idea of how like people used to get taken away kidnapped and you know brought into like this plantation where they didn't even know each other like these people had to like really like make friends with each other or trying to find some way to communicate with each other exactly because they couldn't communicate and that was one thing too what um that was pretty interesting as i've never seen cinematically about like the rules like hey you cannot talk to each other or, like you can't speak oh, unless yeah. that type of stuff too and like as far as for me like my parents they taught me about slavery and stuff and i you know uh my dad you know i come from a military family my dad was in the military and then so we used to travel a lot and i used to love going to museums i still love going to museums and we would go to african-american history museums and they would you know talk about that stuff so that's how i learned about slavery but was i taught in school like to graphic detail no actually i was the person in class that actually you know miss so and so <laughs> you know my, my white teacher it happened like this and all the kids would be shook i was that kid because i was just like <laughs> yeah 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 you know, that was kind of the thing too so i'm glad and you know to this day like a you know adults don't even know about everything too or they might even still think this mm -hmm. is a you know just a cinematic representation of everything too which is sad but this is this is stuff that actually happened in history yeah and it's a lot it's a lot worse than what Antebellum. it's a lot worse than what's shown in antebellum yeah. i will say antebellum is literally the white slavery movie <laughs> that's a little co controversial but what i mean is like it it gets pretty graphic but it's also visually pleasing to where you're not too uncomfortable you know that is true yeah i mean i feel like you you're more visually uncomfortable with the things that are not directly related to slavery but just the overall concepts too because mm -hmm. i was i skipped through a lot of parts that i just felt like personally uncomfortable with too that were just like i don't know i mean well in general the themes are very uncomfortable but of course i still have to watch this movie but you know it's just um spoiler alert um there's a scene where you know um someone does it captured and she's pregnant and she gets kicked by one of the soldiers and stuff i couldn't watch that scene and you know mm -hmm. following that she has a miscarriage i couldn't watch that so it was that type of stuff that was like very gruesome and scary but it's just like you've seen that in other films not dealing with slavery too and i think that's just kind of an overall thing yeah see we'll we'll touch base on that a little bit later because yeah. i want to talk mm -hmm. about the significance of like certain symbolisms in the in the movie yeah um but what i feel like that the movie was missing that they didn't put out there was like you know people being hanged because slaves were being hanged as yeah. punishment 
Um, it was my literally my first time seeing that some of the slaves were actually being burned in like these old burn houses and what have you. Yeah. I mean, even though we didn't see it, it's obviously being assumed that they're being burned in these burn houses and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see anybody get whipped or anything like that, you know, because uh, obviously slave got whipped a lot. <laughs> yeah well in the first scene where you know with veronica where she first escaped she does get whipped a little bit but not like on the whipping post yeah nah nah not on the whipping post that's what i'm saying like it was a little like i know i know in that scene it's supposed to symbolize the whipping but again it was a little too tamed like it was yeah. really a tamed whipping and the whippings were never tamed like that. They were very gruesome. They were very nasty and very mm-hmm. violent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody have seen, or if you have not seen the picture of the slave mm-hmm. that has the whipping marks on his back. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a very instrumental picture to really see. And I'm, and I'm advising for those that haven't seen it, go see it because that's the real visual markings of what slavery did to black people. Yep. Honestly. But um, as much as I want to talk about this, I want to kind of move forward a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So another thing that I've noticed as we're talking about deconstructing like the, well, decluttering the um, concept, there is a lot of like white privilege versus black excellence in the movie. Mm-hmm where like the white privilege no ma- it's like no matter where the white people are no matter how much education level they have or what kind of pool they have they manage to still get some type of privilege going on and they're still able to just do whatever they want you know like the one scene that that I saw that was like very white privilege was when um what's her name elizabeth the the white girl that was um i guess the daughter of the the colonel and what have you um she was able to go to veronica's room with no type of questioning involved to her like she was just like oh shoot i forgot my my key card in my room and they just let her in veronica's room no questions no nothing mm-hmm yeah, and the thing about that too that I realized after um, this, because uh, I've watched it three times, this most recent time was my third viewing, and mm-hmm. I realized that Veronica's room didn't even need a key card. It's just like literally a password, like a door code. Mm-hmm. So that whole key card thing was bullshit that the maid should have known, but of course, <laughs> you know, the white privilege. <laughs> You, you know, know what? I didn't even notice it was a key. it was um a code that you need to put it was, in. It was a code, yes. Oh man, <laughs> I need to watch this again. <laughs> you have a lot more, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so the May, she just was like, "Hey, go right in, go right yeah. in." Hey, white lady, like you can you can go in there. I trust you. Mm-hmm. But see that. Like, honestly, that goes back to, like, my story when, I don't know if you remember, but when we were talking about um, racist events that has happened to us in our lives before, and I was talking about what yeah. happened to me in an Apple store. Yeah. You, you know, I'm going in, black dude, with another black dude, 
walking in, you know, two black people together. Oh no, this can't be right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going in to just buy a computer, but the person that's, that's working there doesn't believe that I'm trying to buy a computer. He's just like, and I, and even with me telling them like, Hey, I'm trying to get a computer. And he's just like, Oh yeah. You know, blah, blah, this, that, and the other, just like talking about all this random stuff. And it's just like, at the end, it was like, okay, so I guess I'm not buying a computer from here. <laughs> like, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just like, it's literally like that situation right there, you know? Like... Exactly. Like, even with um, when Veronica and all her girls, they go to that restaurant... You know, the, the yeah. first place they want to seat them, they want to sit them in the corner of the In restaurant. the corner by the kitchen. Yep. 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 And, and it's, it's, a, it's a nice restaurant. Like, that scene was really impactful because, you know, one thing that I really like about it because it's, so oh, Veronica, her two girls, one is, um, one is white, one is black. And then the white girl, she tries to use her privilege saying like, oh, like, I think, you know, my friend means, and, you know, Gabrielle Senebeck's character. She's like, no, no, no. Becky, no, Becky, you're sitting us right here. Like, I just love that scene because it just further proves, like, that's one of the great things I like about this movie is that it proves, like, okay, we don't need a white savior. And I think, like, her friend had a slight white savior complex or just kind of like a little bit ignorant to the fact. I think her name is Sarah. Yeah, her name is Sarah. Um, to like, she, she, first was kind of ignorant to her privilege but also knew her privilege at the same time because she's like uh, because uh, what's her name I think her name was Dawn yeah so that driveway Cinebank's character Dawn was just kind of like oh no 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 this is not gonna work and then you know Sarah was just like oh no she means and then you know Dawn was just like no you're sitting us here we were having champagne we're having the most expensive champagne you know mm-hmm. that type of stuff you know really taking charge and I think like you know in certain situations, like, as Black folks, we are afraid to take charge like that, but we truly do need to take charge and not be pushed around and things like that and not let our white counterparts or white friends try to take mm-hmm. the lead and use their privilege in that way. So I thought that was a powerful scene, you know, even though it was pretty short. Yeah, yeah. It also did highlight, like, how even when they were in the restaurant, even how, like, the waiters, they were treating them, like, with how they were ordering their drinks, you know, the first thing mm-hmm. he, he offers them is Prosecco, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and then Veronica, her character was like, no, we're not ordering that, we're ordering yeah, this, this drink, like, you know, the more expensive yeah. top shelf drink, you know, the uh-huh. top shelf champagne and all that, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, as much as I like to say, like, you know, this is a scene that's pretty good. Um, I guess in a way it does stick to the concept because I want to say it kind of like went away from the concept of the movie a little bit. That's true. That is true, though. That is true. Yeah. But I feel like also it was definitely something that was essential because, again, like this movie is about the past and how it doesn't die and just like, you know, it never really moves forward. Like we need to move forward in a way of healing, you know, and understanding. So it kind of shows like, yeah, even though we are no longer in this racist time where, you know, black folks is coming to the white people, you know, serving them chicken and everything like Mm -hmm. that. 
<laughs> doing a little do do a little dance for them and little sing them little song and all that, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, like they just still treat us wrong just for like oh well uh, a certain mindset or like um what's the word I wanna look for? Um it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't even think of it right now. <laughs> um Damn, I really had it on the top of my time. I can't even think of it now. <laughs> but either way, um, yeah, they have a certain, like, I guess. Shit, now I'm getting stuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just, like, it's just literally, like, a certain mindset that they think of, like, they perceive us some kind of way. They have a certain perception. Perception, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I was thinking of. So, they have, like, this certain, it shows that they have this kind of, like, certain perception of us, and it's like, yeah, well, just because you listen to a bunch of rap songs doesn't mean like you know black people <laughs> exactly yeah that that's the, the truest thing too it's just kind of like oh they appreciate our culture appreciate like our music our style all that stuff but not actually appreciate us as people and you know where they think of it you know it's just kind of like or you're like the the model minority it's just kind of like okay you're staying away from it because you you or you have more white qualities than black qualities it's just like this weird kind of thing too (laughs) it's just kind of like and it's just kind of like as not seeing people as people not seeing them for their successes and in fact another thing that's another theme that's brought up in this is actually not seeing you know the the people that you know that captured you know the black folks in this they're not they see their success especially veronica like um you know um elizabeth sees veronica's success in fact hates her success because she hates that to see a black woman in success so hence Mm -hmm. she wants to capture her and all the stuff but she even hates it because her fault because she's her because veronica is her father's favorite slave too and she even hates that even more allegedly it's weird ending we'll talk about that later but, yeah 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 but it's assumed i guess she hates that as well and hates that she had to ca- uh, anyway but but i digress i'm gonna i'm going a little bit too forward but yeah yeah you know it's just like either way we're not gonna make people with that mindset whether it be microaggressions or even advertent racism that is just like, no, these few people need to be picking cotton in the field. Like that type of thing. Either either way, they're not gonna see us as human or at least the same level, you know? That's what it's yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um another thing, last one. Um, and it does tie into the white privilege and black excellence and just everything we've been talking about um in general, but the visibility of races. So I don't know if you caught the one line where the where the um, dad says, or the colonel, I should say, you know, he's like, well, it doesn't end here. We're everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. That shit was the realest shit you could hear in this movie. That was the realest shit because, dude, like, and actually I'm, I'm going to refer to another movie, movie that does this a lot better is like, you know, like, get out. <laughs> 
you know yeah yeah, yeah. they they are they are the woke white people they are the the white people that would have voted for obama third term but at the same time they are stealing the talents of black folks they are essentially appropriating their culture and stuff like that and what makes them unique and talented they just want to take away and hide things and also fetishize and all this other different stuff too so but yeah that that was the real shit in the movie and like as many you know you know great quotes that they tried to make that was a good line <laughs> that, that was that, movie, that literally that was, was that's the true shit ever it's just like you cannot tell who's racist until you talk to them spend some time with them but even with that too you still don't know you know yeah yeah <laughs> some people could be one way in front of your face and the next thing all this type of racist stuff you know behind your back yeah. you never know you never yeah. know at all like um you know, I have a story time too, like a really quick story time, but I was, um, this is back when I was 16, I was working in the fitting room, stuff like that. There's two white ladies that came in and, you know, I was, you know, giving the best customer service, talking the way I do, all this other stuff. And I leave the room, I put their stuff in the fitting room. I, they think I leave the room. And then I heard one of them call me an Oreo. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> supposed to be behind my back and you know <laughs> so it's just kind of like it's because you didn't shit. go out all full shaniqua like hey bitch what you want huh what you need <laughs> what you need like <laughs> yeah it's that type of shit and so i'm just like oh you know so it, it's that type of stuff they try to hide it and then they think i'm gone and then they say that racist stuff towards each other from fitting room to fitting room because they were at two different rooms so you know <laughs> example of blame racism that <laughs> but see you know? like honestly like to me that doesn't say enough about them being racist it's just more of a mindset like it's just it's a mindset exactly you know it's literally what mm -hmm. they're taught is what they learn and it's what mm -hmm. they pretty much grew up on and it's funny because i had a conversation with my homeboy about this um about like racism and human rights and things like that and I, I was like, let him know, like, you know, yeah, like most racists, they have human rights, but it's like, they're not gonna like let you know they're racist because if they, if somebody finds out they're racist, that's when shit hits the fan, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So <laughs> you know? It's, it's more so that stuff that's kind of like, I'm not racist, but insert racist thing or insert stereotype that type of oh, thing yeah. but oh, i'm yeah. not racist oh yeah oh yeah well see this it's like <laughs> of course I, not i'm not racist my my babysitter is black <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i'm the, not racist my 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 grandson is half black or whatever the hell you know <laughs> the type yeah, of thing. yeah yeah like okay before we got on the podcast well before yeah. we started recording you know i was telling you about what happened to me and if you know any of my listeners listen to my wednesday show with the timekeeper doom time on stereo by the way <laughs> just a little plug right now um 11 to 1 for anyone that doesn't know the time <laughs> it's a live stream so check us out um but anyway long story short we got into like a little altercation where some people try to say that we were being homophobic but then someone came in and was being straight up racist. Now, 
the homophobic shit did not happen by us at all. I don't know where that shit came about where they were just like, well, you're being homophobic to our YouTube savior and we praise this guy and what have you. But then it was like, well, this person just posted up monkey sounds towards us three times, three times. And then they tried to claim like, oh, well, and this is where the excuses come in, you know. Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm mixed. I'm part black. <laughs> it was like, bitch, where? I seen the pictures. <laughs> I don't believe you. You need more people, as Jay-Z would say. <laughs> you know? Then it was like, oh, well, you know what? I uh I I was trying to like play these sounds, but but my computer started playing all the sounds and then it went straight to the monkey sounds and it was just like dude the you you have no excuse like you you got your shit found out like you have been exposed for being a racist and shouts out to the people that kind of pressed this person too <laughs> for for exposing that yeah it's funny because people are still going in a timeline saying like weren't you racist like two days ago <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> that stuff does not die. I'm telling you. Whatever's on the internet does not die. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the past. Okay. It's, the past. It, it, it's the past. It's the past. Literally. I think Antebellum has like some parallels with like the internet also on like how nothing really dies. <laughs> like, it's they probably cool. didn't think of that too, but they probably also was like, let's squeeze that in. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, with all no, the they probably would have concepts. added more phone stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But with all that cluttered concept, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't put the internet stuff in there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Um, is there anything else you want to add about the concepts? Uh, oh, yes. I do want to add a little bit about this, too. And this is, I may or may not be going a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm going to mention this. Okay. I feel like there was something shoehorned at the very end in the villain speech okay. about white feminism. And here's okay. why. So Elizabeth has this whole speech at the end. It's supposed to be a villain speech about her motives, all this other stuff. We don't get that at the end. We basically get how <laughs> she hates Veronica because of the stuff I said earlier and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then there's this line in there that's like, oh, well, a woman always has to clean up a man's job, that type of stuff. And what I mean by, like, white feminism, I'm not talking about intersectional feminism, as in, like, you know, believing, basically what Veronica is doing, but believing in, you know, gen how uh, equality for both uh, sex, gender, class, race, all that. And, um, but with white feminism, it's just kind of like, oh, women are above everything, white women are above everything, we control all that stuff. That's what I mean by white feminists. Not white, you know, that type of thing. Not by Yeah, race. yeah, yeah. You know, that type of thing. Just to put that out there, disclaimer. So I think, so there was kind of a hint about that a little bit because, you know, she's taking the reins. She wants to, you kind of see her trying to take control throughout the movie, being, you know, the head bitch in charge, even the, and she's like the, 
the last villain that gets killed in the film, you know, and that's kind of like that triumphant kill. So you see her really truly being the big baddie of this entire thing. She's the first person, actually, no, she's the second person you see because you see her daughter walk, you know, in the movie and stuff, yeah. in the field and stuff. But anyway, um, so I think they tried to get into that, but it was kind of done very poorly and very unsuccessfully. And you still don't know how this place came to be. You do not know why they're doing what they're doing, all that other stuff. Okay, so. <laughs> what, is, what is your idea? How do you think it came about? Um, theory? Honestly, I haven't had to think about that because I was trying to figure out that damn villain speech. out there the listeners that it just seems like a college film class villain speech that someone <laughs> got like probably a b plus a minus on at best and it's just like oh okay i get that she you know she's talking about this all this other stuff oh yeah that's really smart da, 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 da. but it just was so muddled because it still doesn't really and you don't really get why they did that but to answer your question walt i think probably since they have all that land and all that property they're probably coming from old money and mm -hmm. they basically recreated that place because that's what their ancestors did you know their ancestors were slave owners and they're like hey let's make a civil war reenactment place and um I was actually looking at some trivia and the word antebellum means before the war. So it's just kind of like, okay, let's talk about the glory before the war, all this other stuff, the romanticizing of the civil war, our pre-civil war era, which a lot of people tend to do. And actually a lot of plantations in the South, especially in Louisiana tend to do, um, mm -hmm. and barely talk about slavery, but they probably, in the, the world of the film, they wanted to take it the next level and actually have, slave uh you know it just have you know enslaved people enslaved people do the whole capture fantasy all that stuff get their messed up friends to be hired on you know it's like hey you could live out your you know all this other stuff you want to take advantage of you know this woman blah 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 you could do that you know that type of thing almost like a messed up even more messed up rest of world of sorts you know that type yeah. of thing yeah well That's it kind of ties in I, well, it kind of ties into everything that we've been talking about, you know, and I feel like it's the same thing. Also, like, these are people that came into old money, you know, money that's like, you know, that they're probably like the top 1%, you know, that, you know, you can't really knock off too much, you know, because they have ways of paying people off. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I, honestly speaking, I feel like that reenactment camp that they were at it's like either it's always been there and they just restructured it as like a as a <laughs> civil war antebellum recreation park or they use that rein reenactment setup to kind of hide what they were really doing i think it was i think it's a little bit of both because I noticed another thing I noticed too with my most recent time watching this is that um, when um, when Veronica is leaving the area where you know the plantation is, mm -hmm. 
it mm-hmm. says no trespassing. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's an area that no one is supposed to see except a certain type of people. And I think I think the people that are in this reenactment are actually actors. I don't think it's like guests that are actually pretending to because at first I thought it was like, you know, messed up guests, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just honestly hired actors actors. Yeah, the part the people that are, are really in the disgusting area. Yes. And that's kind of like, you know, they do their whole reenactment thing, you know, in front of all the people, all the spectators, you know, that come and pay the money. But then afterwards, they do all this messed up stuff. And that's almost like the playground, you know. I yeah, feel I, like it's kind of like that. I think it's more like the people that are the Confederates <laughs> in the yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. I think Because we didn't see nobody. We didn't see yeah. nobody from the Union, <laughs> you know. You did not. So <laughs> I don't, you know, it's a complicated world this is. Because it's just like, I know I still have more questions even though I'm in... <laughs> You know, coming up. <laughs> That's how I felt too. That's how I felt. I, I was like, I feel like I, uh, I got more questions than like answers from this movie right now. Yeah, and then okay, so there's that scene when they kill the Union soldier. Do you think they actually killed a Union person, or was that fake? That was fake. That was fake. Okay. I think it was fake. But um, uh-huh. on my second watch. I realized they were hinting on what was going on because if you notice, like, I, I don't remember where this was, but it was, like, either um, before, like, Kiersey Clement's character comes into play or I don't know. I don't remember where. But either way, you see, like, everybody that's working in the fields, right? Mm-hmm. But you they hear all these gunshots that are happening. Yeah. Now, now at first, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, shit, they killing people, like, in this film? Like, for real, for real? <laughs> like, a war? But mm-hmm. then, second watch, I realized, nah, they're not killing nobody. They're literally, they're they're literally, like, not that far away from the reenactment camp. Like, yeah. from the whole area. Like, they're literally not far from civilization. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That kind of reminds me of, like, you know, to kind of, like, I guess take it a step further. A step further. I'm sorry, I'm getting like so tongue tied. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It reminds me of like how like kids get kidnapped or like people get kidnapped in general or abducted, and like most of the time these people are like earshot away from civilizations, but yeah, they're literally like taken into like a place that like they don't know where they're at, and they're just like confused, like okay, where the hell am I? You know exactly. And, mm-hmm. and you get like these people, you know the doctors they get like all this traffic that come through their house and everything and people are just like not knowing what's going on you know and mm-hmm. they're just like once when they hear on the news like yeah so-and-so abducted like seven kids over the years of like 20 years and stuff like that and buried their bones in the backyard i'm i'm referring to like a real like case yeah. that happened <laughs> i don't know if you remember this one but yeah like people are shocked like well i didn't know this person was doing that you know like it, I went to the house all the time. 
exactly it's it's that hidden thing it's uh, it's the hidden in plain sight thing too and then kind of going back to what i said earlier about the whole mindset is like oh yeah we're not our ancestors we're not our ancestors type of thing like too or like that idea like okay the people that were enslaved were complacent all that other stuff but you gotta understand like these folks were being abused both physically emotionally and mentally too so mm-hmm. they felt like you know the, those that did not escape felt like they just couldn't you know at all because they were like okay well I want to survive I want to live I want to do this I don't understand you know even though they could probably easily do it but it was mm-hmm. a mindset thing because they were getting abused so mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a trickery of the whole thing too and it's just like it you know and since it was so institutionalized like okay this is how it is slavery is legal all this other stuff too you know it's just kind of like nothing you could do about it and then that's kind of you know that's why everyone or at least in certain areas subscribe to this idea because it was so normalized so yeah yeah Mm-hmm. That, that, that shit is crazy but um <laughs> i know I, I'm, I'm so lame i'm like yeah that shit is crazy <laughs> <laughs> no it is when you think about that too because you know with with everything go and i'm gonna get really deep on this but like with different stuff going on and you know talking about things that you know what considered what's racism what's microaggression what's ignorance all this other stuff it's yeah. there's different things that are under the belt umbrella of racism and we know as a society now that slavery is bad but we also subscribe to other things such as stereotyping people because that's more normalized because we think oh stereotypes are only funny or they're because they're real or whatever the heck you know that type of thing and we have those perceptions going back full circle about this mm-hmm. too so once we knock those things down and that's why you know there's we're at this time it's kind of like well why are we canceling everything you know why blah 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 blah, blah. you know well this is something that happened in the past or even present that's actually problematic it seems weird right now that we're canceling it but it just always needed to be that because it's hurting people it's just now it's in the forefront yeah yeah Mm -hmm. all right well i think we got a lot of good ideas put out there about decluttering this movie so (laughs) 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 we're gonna go ahead take a break real quick and when we come back we're gonna go ahead and talk about some of the symbolisms of this movie some of the easter eggs that some people might have not caught if you've watched this movie before or if you are gonna watch this movie um You know, this is some things to kind of look out for or kind of like notice. So, yeah, um, like you shouldn't say in a scary movie, I'll be right back. Or we'll be (laughs) right back, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all, and we are back, and we are going to go ahead and talk about some symbolism, some Easter eggs to the movie Antebellum, again, with my guest, Megan's World. (laughs) So what are some Easter eggs that you noticed in this movie? Um, The first and foremost thing that I noticed from the bat was um, that, um, so uh, the guys 
that was escaping the guy's girlfriend or partner she uh when she was running away you see that she has a septum ring and then i was thinking or like a septum piercing and i was mm -hmm. just almost kind of like okay that wasn't a trend of the time but then also i was just thinking like well maybe she was recently enslaved from africa but then i wasn't sure i was just like but i don't know if that was actually a thing and then that was kind of my little indication that this is probably taking place in modern time because that was modern fashion, modern jewelry. And then another Easter egg from the very beginning too was um, I noticed when the Union, not the Union soldiers, the Confederate soldiers were walking past a group of enslaved women, you know, that were doing the laundry and, you know, putting things in the clothespin or the clothesline, you know, they're saluting them and then they're just like, you know, they nod, but then they look like terrified too. And mm -hmm. almost kind of like, what am, what are we doing here? Kind of mm -hmm. like that. So that was one thing that I didn't really look at at the, you know, my first viewing, but I noticed my second and third viewing, those little yeah. things that happened too. Um, and then another Easter egg that kind of, you know, reveals the world that they were in was when we first meet the character whose name is given um julia um they talk about uh where they're from well, you know when she goes into veronica's room or not was well, not her room but you know the cabin that she's staying in and you know veronica or she's uh she says to veronica i know you're from virginia i'm from north uh carolina what is this but this really does take place in slave or like times where slavery was um north carolina wasn't part of the union so she would have known what mm -hmm. this is she would have known about slavery and she wouldn't be free most likely so no. you would know, <laughs> you know so no. that was kind of like okay that's interesting whereas Veronica, she would be free because I, I believe, you know, that, uh, you know, Virginia was still part of the union. So, you know, it was kind of, so unless she was free and then she moved over some way, shape or form or just very oblivion of what's going on, she, yeah. she should know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't that make sense? Um, I'm going to tell you one Easter egg that I caught on my second watch. And that was when they were burning the cotton. So, mm -hmm. so on my first watch, you know, I'm noticing that they're working in the fields and what have you. Now, my second watch, when I saw them before they showed the scene of them burning the cotton, I was asking myself, like, well, what are they doing with the cotton? What are they using it for? Like, why are they picking it? Because, you know, they have no use for it. And exactly the movie showed exactly that, like, literally the slaves were just picking the cotton just to burn it because there's no use for it. Like they didn't burn mm -hmm. cotton back then. They were actually yeah. selling it. That was, that was literally the South's means of actually surviving. You know, yeah. that, that was their source of income. And just to see them burning the cotton, like right then and there in front of like, you know, the people that captured them and everything didn't make sense. It didn't make sense at all. So that was one little Easter egg that I noticed. Another Easter egg that I noticed um, in this movie 
which kind of gave away that like this is taking place in in modern times was when they started singing lift every voice and sing and i noticed this like on the first watch so they were i guess they were what getting ready to um go ahead and do their plan like set their plan in motion about escaping mm-hmm. and when they finally managed to set that plan in motion the professor he started like whistling and when he started whistling he whistled um lift every voice and sing and i was sitting there thinking to myself like well if this is in slave times was this song even out (laughs) you know know, i i'm i'm sitting there thinking to myself like yeah i know like you know what they do is sing negro spirituals but i'm pretty but sure that wasn't one of them <laughs> yeah it wasn't one of them <laughs> like this. yeah and oh well, you know we were talking about it you know before you know we recorded it. it's just like you have to be a little bit smart and know about history before watching this film yeah because all of like a lot of this stuff will go over your head you know Oh, you have to be very observant about a lot of things, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there are the Easter eggs, too, but you have to know about a little bit about American history and about the timelines of stuff <laughs> in yeah. order to get a lot of these. Yeah, that's definitely um, something that you have to be very observant about. Um, yeah, because it could definitely go over your head. I Like, honestly, I was just sitting there, like, watching this movie, and I'm just like, okay, they're telling me they're in slave times, but a lot of this stuff don't seem right. <laughs> like nothing is exactly. <laughs> a lot of things don't. Yeah, because it was just like um, another thing too uh, that I notice. You know, when you know they get a new group of people, um, you know that you know, were clearly free and all this other stuff, and they're kind of looking around like what's going on. And first, I thought, okay, this is just the process, but you really do see after the second viewing, they're all like, "Are these people for real?" Like type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like you see that on their faces, you know, and um, the different stuff like that, especially with um, Julia's character, this kind of like going back to what she was saying and then another easter egg about veronica's history was just kind of like you know uh was talking about like oh i know you like and then she and then julia mentioned like oh you're nothing but a talker well she you know she wrote a lot of books she talks about all this stuff and she talks about using her voice and then Mm you know, in her book and like in her speeches and all that other stuff. But then she said, oh, you have to be quiet. And then that's why Julia was just kind of like, okay, you like forget you, you know, <laughs> you're not, you're, you know, I thought you'd be the one taking this out of this place, you know, that yeah. type of thing. Um, so that all makes sense too. That that was actually some, that was not really much of an Easter egg, but more of a foreshadow. Um, mm. Another Easter egg that I noticed this time, I don't know exactly what, this symbolizes or not maybe ideal but again this film is very muddled <laughs> but that <laughs> yeah. that um elizabeth's daughter and um i think i assume it's a daughter because she mentioned it elizabeth's daughter and then um veronica's daughter kennedy they're both wearing, wearing yellow dresses so we see 
uh, you, we see Elizabeth's daughter in the beginning. This is the first character we see. She's skipping down to go to the mansion to meet Elizabeth. And then Kennedy, you know, when we meet her, she gets so excited about, you know, getting to pick out her outfit in the morning. And mm -hmm. the next scene when we see her, she's wearing a yellow dress. And then, you know, uh, and then Veronica is like, oh, I love that dress. Romney loves her dress and all this other stuff. So they're both wearing yellow. So I don't know exactly what the yellow is supposed to symbolize. But yeah. I think it's a little bit of that duality because you also see uh, Elizabeth on that Skype call with Veronica. And Elizabeth is like, oh, is that Kennedy over there? I'll love for her to have a play date, you know, with, you know, my daughter. And I think it's just like, it's this weird thing. So I guess it's supposed to juxtapose. Uh, it's like, okay, they both have different class and different standards, but we know what uh, Elizabeth's alternative motive is. So mm -hmm. kind of like, maybe it was supposed to represent class because despite of, you know, their similarities in regards to class, there's a difference between race. So I think that's what they're trying to get at because- yeah. uh, and then you can also say the same thing about Veronica and Elizabeth because they both wear red a lot. Yeah, I so, was about to also touch base on the fact of the lipstick too, like how, yeah. you know, even though they're two different people, you know, Elizabeth, who at first says like she can't pull off her lipstick color that she has on the Skype call with her, okay. ends up using her lipstick anyway. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I feel like from what I was getting from that is like not only were they trying to like I guess separate each other but also like it shows like how there is a fetish size of like trying to be black in like in sorts of having like the physicality of black people you know like the big yeah. lips, big ass you know stuff that's supposed to be like accentuated as black figures yeah but, as like seeing the person as seeing the black person as a person you know that's where they fall short at exactly know? yeah um you do kind of notice we're making those like off comments too that you know veronica just shuts down really quickly um mm -hmm. and, you know veronica essentially does see through elizabeth's bullshit but you also kind of see um, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's just kind of like the whole thing, oh yeah, we're everywhere and nowhere at the same time or whatever, you know, the general said, or the mm -hmm. colonel or whoever he is. Um, and because it's kind of like, you know, I've got, and it also kind of makes me think too, it's like, okay, what are people's intentions? Because I've gotten those compliments like, oh, I love that color. I can never pull it off. It's so great on your skin tone. That type mm -hmm. of thing. And I'm just kind of like, okay like what is that supposed to mean you know that type of yeah thing. like yeah. is it like really a compliment or is it like something weird you know? yeah it's and it's, it's a, almost a backhanded compliment it, yeah this this most recent time i'm watching it i'm just kind of like well shit you know like, <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of like you know it made me kind of truly think about something other than okay, what is this film trying to say, but kind of, like, think about something that's happening in my personal life, too, you know, or that happens. Yeah. yeah. Another, another thing that I noticed that's an Easter egg, and it's a funny one, too, is when the professor um, calls the, the white guy a cracker, 
you that one yeah that one gives that gives away that a gives lot away. of the film <laughs> because, okay that's why i noticed the first time i was watching it too because i was like wait they, he said cracker what like, but they didn't say that back in the day, did they? and then he said cracker has cracker and i'm just like wait that, that seems a little off see that's the thing you have to know about history to get the easter eggs yeah yeah <laughs> I was like, but that shit was hilarious. <laughs> like, that was hilarious, though. Yes. Like, you just out of nowhere, he's like, cracker. <laughs> and the guy's like, what did you say? <laughs> oh, man. I could have stopped laughing <laughs> when I heard that. <laughs> Oh, like, oh, shit, no, don't kill him. Yeah, no, I was thinking that, too. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, and then I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) 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 Like, it's it's a good scene, but, like, you know, and then the bell, because that's, oh, because some crazy shit was happening during that scene, too, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that was the scene with um, Julia when she was losing her baby and having the miscarriage. And to, like, distract from that it's just like so you know because you know she was screaming in agony because all that stuff both emotional and physical and it's just like and that's why he he said that to kind of distract and you know what was going on because you know if they scream talk do whatever sneeze whatever the hell they're gonna get punished so you know Mm -hmm. yeah dude had to had to say a white racist slur I mean, man, but um, touching base on like back to Julia though, um, because you mentioned something about her. Um, so I was like doing research about like all the symbolism in this movie, and one thing I did notice was Julia's death, and that is very essential for something that was happening in slavery. You know, a lot of women that were getting raped by their slave masters um they ended up committing suicide like they ended up either hanging themselves or you know whatever they had to do because they were pregnant by their by their capturer and you know they kind of saw death was better than like bringing their child into life like that you know mm-hmm. yeah that was that was something i thought about too and then another um thing i kept thinking about is almost like that killmonger quote from black panther it's mm-hmm. just like uh when i die bury me with uh or not bury me in the ocean but you know uh i, I think he said bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who rather have uh drowned instead of living their life in bondage or something like that yeah, yeah something on the lines of that so i was thinking about that when i saw that um you know it, it is very sad but you know with your research having that more historical context like that is just like that's just wild, you know, thinking about that. Yeah, because, I mean, mm-hmm. she really did not see anything good coming out of that whole situation. Like, the first mm-hmm. time she was there, she was already ready to leave. She was just like, yeah. get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> like Exactly. And she was, she was already like, I don't want to bring a child into this. And now, and that was a scene following her losing the baby. So she was like, well, I don't even have my baby anymore, which was probably her only glimmer of hope, you know, mm-hmm. 
it's, you know, it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to find a way to get out of this, you know, all this other stuff. And she mentioned too briefly, which makes her story even more sad when she was like in the room with the, the guy that was acting as a soldier and stuff. And she thought he was nice, but now, but he is not at all. Yeah. I I kind of figured that was going to go bad. Yeah. Yeah. But she was just like, oh yeah, you're the nicest person I've uh talked to in a while so it's like she was even going through some trauma with other men in her life prior to this mm-hmm. so that just makes everything even more sad that she just you know just wanted to end it like that you know in those circumstances yeah um it's crazy because like um kind of going back to decluttering like all the nonsense of this movie <laughs> well not the <laughs> nonsense but just like the muddled messages in this movie um Mm -hmm. that scene right there with um julia and daniel that shit that was right there in easter egg within itself Mm -hmm. you know because like she was really comfortable with talking to him but he was kind of like uncomfortable you know, with the whole situation, like he wasn't fully embracing what was going on. He wasn't yeah. like fully trying to do everything like everyone else in the camp were doing. He was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is kind of uncomfortable for me. And when she I was thinking about that too, like, um, that was definitely an Easter egg. And it's, uh, yeah, I agree with you completely on that. And then another thing I kind of thought about and um, I'll let you finish your point real quick, but, mm-hmm. um, like, because I don't know if I'm going to go ahead of myself, but you remember the guy in the bar? I was, here's a little fan theory, that guy might have been Daniel or Daniel's friend, you know, mm-hmm. that gave them the drink, because I remember Daniel's friend saying something on the lines of just, like, well, she can't say no to you, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, was Daniel the guy in the bar that gave Don the drink or sent the drink over her way? And then she shut that shit down because she's like, no, you're not giving me a vodka crayon, all this other stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know? I mean, I let's point out that, that he gave her a vodka crayon. I mean, come on now. That's like the trashiest <laughs> drink to give a chick. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And then she was just like, but I guess you're cute, that type of shit. And then like, and then you see Veronica kind of look across the table and look at them a some, some type of way, mm-hmm. kind of like, I thought she was just, you know, looking at the situation like, oh my gosh, this. But I think my whole thing that wasn't revealed, I think he might've been the guy in the bar. I think so too. Now that you put mm-hmm. it like that, I think so too. Mm-hmm. I gotta, it looks like I'm going to be watching it for a third time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stature-wise, it doesn't really seem like it, but I'm just saying, but everything's kind of going together that it actually might be him. Yeah, because well, they were talking about how cute he was, and but the guy just seemed confident in himself, mm-hmm. you know, and then seemed like, oh, yes, I'm going to do this. So I was like, either it might be him or his friend, but I'm just saying with all those pieces together, you know, it might be him. Yeah. Well, here's another thing to touch base on, and this is going back to, like, what we were talking about earlier about when the colonel was like, well, it doesn't end here. Another Easter egg that is in the movie, apparently, 
everybody that is like involved with that camp is actually there like the whole entire time mm-hmm. like it's the cashier that's like at the at the hotel that was just like oh what do you want you know mm-hmm. it, was, it was the guy at the bar you know there's like people in like the in the restaurant that are watching her i mean watching veronica i mean you know like they're everywhere they were literally like everywhere um apparently there was like someone that was at the seminar that was with that crew but they were there too watching her mm-hmm. so it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier about the visibility of races out there you know it's like you don't know who's watching you <laughs> yes and i feel so scary about how like well, in, the, in this universe as a film, how they tracked every single thing, like, and yeah. it, it's just kind of like, okay, they know the type of room, they know she's going to be here and there, and I'm just kind of like thinking, and this is one thing I wish was revealed in, in this story, <laughs> is how they set everything up, because it's just like and how this woman found out all this information maybe just because of how she got into her room and all this other stuff and you know how she found her and how she knew she was going to be in this hotel and then you know oh and you know the bouquet of um cotton and flowers too that was sent oh, over another yeah. easter eggs too that i didn't know was the first time i noticed the second time um, I only noticed it because the second time I watched it, my mom and my mom was like, that's cotton in there. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they said her cotton. I'm just like, oh, they did. <laughs> oh, I got to definitely look at the flowers this. again. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, but there's, uh, there's cotton and all that other stuff. That's why when she texts her husband, I was like, oh, that's, like, interesting. I forgot what word she used, but um, I think she said, like, artisan or something. I forgot, but she just used the word, and he was just like, I didn't send those to you. But anyway, yeah, there's caution in there. But, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, that's another Easter egg. So probably that's how they found out about this stuff. And, you know, she's snooping around the room, all this other crazy nonsense. But that's when way i that's one thing i want to be revealed for those people actually working with (laughs) them or not (laughs) i mean according according to like the director's notes um that i was reading apparently they were working with that with the um family but it's not really revealed in the film but it's kind of like almost assumed in a way i well, I did not assume that. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm just saying. Come the, on, the, 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 come the, on, Ryan. Let's get together. Okay. <laughs> well, keep in mind. Remember when um she asked the lady to book a a reservation for her, but she didn't yeah. ask her for her name. Yeah. Oh man, that's true. And then they went to the restaurant and they knew her name. Name. Oh, that's true. And on my first watch, I was like, but she didn't give that woman her name. Like, how do they know her name? Like, this is, this is weird. Oh, wow. That is so true. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I didn't catch that. Wow. That, mm mm-hmm, that's something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they knew they were watching her and everything. 
So that is terrifying. And then another thing too that I thought about it was like they, how they set up the Uber and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. Okay, that was one thing that I put together this most recent time. I was like, there's two Ubers next to each other. One to take away, you know, you know the friends and the, the yeah, exactly. How would they? Well, actually, they called up the Uber, but still. But one take over the friend, the other one, you know, whatever. And then their Ubers came on later. And then, you know, the loud music and stuff, you know, they were jammed out to Lizzo in the other car. And then the other one, you know, the, the loud, weird. <laughs> I'm surprised you knew show. it was Lizzo because I didn't know it was Lizzo they were playing. <laughs> oh, no. When the, and the other car with the friends, that was Lizzo. But the, the Yeah, that's the what I'm saying. Was like, I didn't know they were playing Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Now I can't listen to Juice the same way because of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. Still a banger. But why do they have to use Juice, though? You know what? Here's something that will make this scene a little bit inconsistent just because I take Ubers a lot. Mm -hmm. How do you not check your phone? You know? Yeah! (laughs) How do you not check Uh. your phone to make sure you got the right Uber? Yeah, because, okay, that was another thing that I thought about recently, too, because that's just, like, safety right then and there, and I don't know if it's because they were super distracted, they were so excited about the night, they were taking selfies, all that other mm-hmm. stuff, and, you know, the guy was just beeping, like, oh, yeah, I'll be right there, but, yeah, no, as, as someone that's, you know, also taking Ubers a lot, too, you check your phone, you check your ride, also, it does not happen that fast, No, no, no. Nah, like, so I don't know if they were in the restaurant for a little bit, like, oh, our Uber's here, but, you know, like, yeah, that is a, that is a thing, the lapse in judgment, too, because, like, Veronica would have totally known if her Uber actually arrived, yeah, if for she like was some checking of the, the app. Like, for somebody that's, like, hyper aware of, like, everything, that's yeah. a real, that's a weird way of having a lapse of ju- judgment right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Was it too much of the champagne, you know? <laughs> and she was yeah, like, I mean, they could have been they could have been tipsy or like whatever, but they didn't seem like it. Like at the very least, I wish there was something like an element like that. You know, like, you know, they were passing out the champagne and it looked kind of weird, and then it's just like, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, exactly. Someone being so hyper aware, and then in that moment in time, she's just like oh, what? Like, you know, no, I have my Uber. It must be a mistake. It's just like, no, no. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's like, oh, can you please turn down the music? (laughs) No. Gosh, okay. Like, I would have been like, wait, I'm in the wrong Uber. Hey, wait, hold up. Time out, motherfucker. Wait, who was you driving? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, I would (laughs) have I'll have my feet rolled out. (laughs) (laughs) broke a window i don't know (laughs) seriously um you know it's funny because it reminds me of like one time when i was talking to an uber driver they've told me like they've had incidents where people like just jumped in and they didn't really check their their phone of like what their car was they were just jumping in an uber just to be jumping in one but the uber Mm -hmm. driver was the one that was like hey are you supposed to be in here they like yeah i mean like that's what something someone's supposed to do they're supposed to like say your name or whatever and just like okay is this you know your person because people especially when they're like drunk or like whatever 
you know, they would jump into anything like, oh, a car is there, Uber is there, I see an Uber sticker, I'm gonna just jump in, and that's kind of like, that's why you gotta be so hyper aware about stuff like that, that's, that's just a safety thing for everybody, like, you know, ask like, hey, what's my name, oh, that's not my name, bye, like, no, yeah. you know, and, you know, stuff happens like that, people, like, get kidnapped and killed, or whatever the heck, you know, because they get into the wrong Uber or Lyft, but, Mm-hmm. or what supposedly is one yeah that <laughs> <laughs> that's the same old shit but yeah yeah um one more thing that i kind of want to bring up um was the representation of the butterfly there's a lot of like the butterfly being used in this film um what do you think it means for you in this film um well and thing another easter egg uh, that I noticed is during uh, Veronica's seminar is that I noticed the words metamorphosis on the mm -hmm. background. I didn't read all of it. Um, one thing I didn't pause on, I didn't read all of it, but I noticed that was a big word in bold. Um, another, this is another muddled thing, but for me, I guess it kind of means like, um, it, it just kind of is a means of escaping because it's just kind of like she's talking about in her seminar about not being silent, not being complacent, um, not and being against patriarchy because she says it's the patriarchal society that's against Black women that makes us not want to uh speak for ourselves and to speak up so i think it's like the cocoon itself is patriarchy but the butterfly itself is black women and you have to you know be the butterfly i think that's kind of what it means okay yeah i think mm -hmm. like i have a similar take but i think it's more just dealing with like breaking free from like all the old trauma and all the old like ideology that people have because, I mean, again, like, this movie is all about moving forward and breaking free from their past. So, mm -hmm. you know, if a, butter, if a caterpillar wants to become a butterfly, it has to break free from the cocoon. Now, mm -hmm. how could it move forward and become a butterfly if it don't break free from its cocoon? You know, mm -hmm. the cocoon being, like, the racism, you know, and the caterpillar being, like, the stubborn racist person that doesn't want to change and that doesn't want to like break free from all those ideologies everything that they're taught because i mean they feel like they're gonna have like this big existential crisis which they're not you know once mm -hmm. when they break free from that cocoon of racism and just all those old ideas they will become this butterfly that will be more understanding more open to to learning about people and just learning that you know not black people aren't cattle you know <laughs> yeah no that's a, that's a good take i think that was probably the overall message of the film but i think that's that's a good that's a good take on it um but yeah no i i think i think it's probably like a combination of both is probably why it, it know, definitely is is as the symbol for everything because we see it on veronica's laptop and stuff and um things like that and also another symbolism is the the airplane too another easter egg is like oh yeah whenever you see the airplane no mommy's coming back home you know that's what she tells yeah. her daughter and you know, the daughter you know 
draws an airplane and that's and then she ends up you know sketching that in the walls of her cabin and stuff like that and um so i think that's another big thing too and that was in the trailer um Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like the the whole oh yeah and on the flowers too it says like welcome to your homecoming type of thing so you know yeah, I saw Elizabeth. Homecoming, but it, it didn't yeah. like click with me right away, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess in uh, Elizabeth's mind, homecoming is like, no, you're belonging in the field, you know. Hence, that's why I'm doing the cotton and the flowers and all this other stuff. And then, but Veronica's real homecoming is actually coming home to her daughter, who is the future, and that's kind of what that's that home thing is. Mm-hmm. you know um <laughs> and then i just thought about this too this is so stupid but i was just like beyonce's homecoming and how she's saying <laughs> love every voice and sing <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> i just throw that out there because i just thought about that i was like i have to mention that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would get like because a another, oh here's another one too like another another playful Easter egg. Um, so when uh, Veronica's doing yoga, she's wearing a Ivy Park yoga set, and that's Beyonce's line for oh, Adidas. No. <laughs> so, there we go. It's all together. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, this is probably going to be the last time Beyonce is ever going to be mentioned on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's funny. I did not even know that. (laughs) I did not know that that was her line that she was wearing, honestly. That... Mm -hmm. Somehow, Beyonce crept into the movie. (laughs) Crept into the movie, and then like Beyonce's like, "Hey, you need to sing. Left every voice and sing, you know, and you know, a little cross promotion. Beyonce homecoming, you know, and then have the little (laughs) no. (laughs) She did have homecoming. It's a stretch, but it's an Easter egg nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You want you want Beyonce in there? It's okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> She's in there anyway. They just had to wear her line, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, some way, I'm a sneak childish Gambino in there. I haven't got how, <laughs> but I'm a sneak them in there. <laughs> this is America. There you go. Don't there we go. Now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man is there anything else there's wanna... horses the four horsemen of the apocalypse I, I guess if you count all the horses in the film there might have been four is there anything else you want to add um, um, um i think that was all that i could remember <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. That well, that's a good that's a good way to end it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for coming to the show. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. You know, I mean, wish that our buddy Diamond was on this the first time. You know, she's not on with us. So if anybody, but this was still a solid episode. Though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right now, I mean, you know, Diamond, if you're listening, you know you're not with us. Your spirit is with us. 
you know? Definitely. I mean, yeah. Black Avengers, Horror Avengers, of course. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go ahead and take one more break. And then when we come back, we're going to come to the outro. All right, and we are back. And as you guys know, this is the outro. And right now, um, I will give my guest the floor to just talk about like her project that she is working on. So I know you're doing like a, a podcast of your own that's supposed to be dropping in a couple of days. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it's probably already out. <laughs> yes, yes. But can, so you, can this... you talk about it a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, so it's called The Sauce Talks. I am dropping it with two of my friends. Uh, it is uh, Dylan Freddy and Ray Lyons. I'm super excited. It's going to be really fun. We're going to be talking about um, Black excellence, uh, Black culture, but also having a lot of fun with it. We're both, all three of us are big blurs, so it's going to have like a little blurred twin, but also still very swaggy. I love the sauce, you know, so... <laughs> And we're talking about popular trends, too. So it's going to be really fun in that regard. Okay. That's cool. That's very dope. I can't wait to hear what it sounds like. I mean, I've been watching all the teasers and everything on Instagram, and I'm just like, okay, I can't wait to see it. Um, I don't know, when your co-hosts, they were drinking um some hot sauce <laughs> to, they were drinking hot sauce so this is what the whole thing so it was we we're doing the dreams trend on tiktok and um dylan freddie he's a skateboarder so of course he had to jump on that trend but in order to promote the show instead of drinking what was it like that um the, it's the ocean the cranberry spray. juice yeah it's actually it was actually a bottle of, i believe it was red hot hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> anything for the team and that was that was our big promo so it's gonna be silly it's gonna be a very silly show but we're also going to be talking about some serious stuff too so it's it's gonna be very awesome I'm very excited about it um you know the chemistry is great you know my co-hosts are very amazing and it's gonna be good all right um can you let the audience know where we could catch this show Yes, yeah, so we're going to be streaming on Twitch. Um, all of our information is going to be on, uh, most of the information is going to be on Instagram for everything. So uh, Instagram at the Sauce Talks. Uh, on TikTok, I believe it's also the Sauce Talks. And we also have Twitter, which is the Sauce Talks pod. So it's going to be on Twitch. Um, our Twitch is going to be the Sauce, um, I think it's the Sauce Media. Um, if I got it wrong, it's going to be in the bio. It's all good. You'll be able to find it. So we're going to be streaming live every Sunday starting the 13th. So by the time this episode came up, it's already out. Um, and mm -hmm. then we're going to be doing edited versions, probably posting around Wednesday, so midweek. Um, so we're going to be posting edited episodes on YouTube. Okay, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. what's up. Um, so as you know, as always, as you are a regular on here <laughs> there's always like the the movie suggestions you know um movie television a hey, whatever is hot for you you know as long as it's horror related you know go ahead and suggest it to our audience so do you have anything to suggest today um as for as far as horror movies um it's not quite uh, actually no 
I'm take that back. Okay. Actually, I don't have any horror movie suggestions. It's been a while since I watched a horror film. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I feel like you did the whole Megan the Stallion like <laughs> sound that she makes in her songs when you did that. <laughs> 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 uh Megan the Pony, that's me. No, I'm brilliant. Okay, so <laughs> Okay, cut cut that out. Well, okay, so actually, okay, here this is not horror related, but I did recently watch The Queen's Gambit, and that show is pretty amazing. I loved it. It was really good. It's the best show about chess ever. <laughs> And um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty awesome. It's it's a good show. It's not all surrounding about chess. It's about a professional chess player, and she gets into drugs and alcohol and all types of trouble. And it's it's a solid show. So I highly recommend that. And I'll be back on my horror movie um, shit soon um, because there's a few horror movies on my list that I need to catch up on. So follow me at Megan's World to see my reviews on that. <laughs> definitely, definitely which you guys could find her on Instagram, Twitter, you know, at Megan's World. And of course, you know, y'all can find me, Walter Doom, on Instagram, Walter Doom, Walter Doom 1 on Twitter. Oh my God, why am I getting so tongue-tied? It's so late. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start by saying it's late. So <laughs> we're both like ready to sleep. Um, but yeah, definitely follow me on there. And as you guys know, this has been another episode of Let's Talk About Horror. I'm going to try not to be so MIA for you guys. <laughs> I know there's probably some people like, yo, Doom, where you been, man? Where you been? I'm... <laughs> I wish I had an excuse, but I don't. <laughs> you know, mental energy, holidays, people. I mean, hey, be safe out there because COVID is back on the rise again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get these vaccines out. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you guys believe in. I'm not going to push no agenda. Just be safe out there. <laughs> Just be safe in whatever way you can. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, this has been another episode of Let's Talk About Horror. I will catch you guys next time. This is America. Don't let me catch you slipping now. Peace.